Blog Talk Radio. Fear does not exist in this dojo. No, that's it! Hey, does not exist in this dojo. No, that's it! Hey, beast does not exist in this dojo. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Greg the Truth. Thanks for tuning in tonight live. It's on a Monday night. We missed the weekend, so we had to do a makeup show for all of the great listeners. I always want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing the show with a friend. If you want to give me a call, you can do that. 929-477-1077. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Majority MMA and like us on Facebook, The Majority Decision. A whole lot going on in the world of mixed martial arts in terms of fights that took past weekend, smaller shows going down, um, but some fairly interesting news this past week and concerning some of the bigger stars in the world of mixed martial arts and probably one of the biggest stories about someone who has kind of slipped into obscurity, but will probably ring a bell for many of you out there. And uh, that is one Jason Mayhem Miller, scheduled to make a comeback for the Italian-based Venator Fighting Championship this past weekend. Scheduled to face former UFC fighter and ultimate fighter competitor Luke Barnett or that company's um, middleweight champion championship and so Jason Miller set to make his big comeback shows up to Italy makes it to the weigh-in steps on the scale for a 185 pound title fight and take a guess at how much he weighs 187 188, no, no, 190, no, no, not 190, 195, no, no, 196, 196, I mean, I guess, no, no, not 196, no, 200, okay, 200, right, he came in at two, no, nope, not 200, 209 pounds, 209 pounds, the guy showed up for a and didn't even make light heavyweight. Twenty-four pounds over the limit. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
And I watched the video of the weigh-in, and it's not like he looked fat. He didn't look out of shape. He didn't look terrible. He didn't look great. But 24 pounds overweight. It is without question, in my mind, time for Jason Mayhem Miller to get his life together and, brother, do whatever you got to do to stay out of trouble. And uh, please, please, don't fight anymore. If it's that kind of a preparation where you show up to a fight, I don't care. You know, you can say, hey, it was Venator, the nobody company, whatever, who cares. Dude, uh, five pounds is one thing, but four pounds overweight. Can you believe that, Fayez? The guy, didn't pounds make, overweight. the guy didn't even make light heavyweight. <laughs> Scheduled to fight in the middleweight. So, did they cut his purse, or what did they end up doing to Jason Mayhem Miller? Sorry I'm late to this deal. That's all good. So, so he scheduled to fight Luke Barnett, right, for Venator's middleweight title. And steps on the scale, rips off a 209, steps off the scale, takes his shorts off, as if that's going to make a difference. (laughs) Steps back on the scale. Oh, it's right, still 209. Um, Yeah. uh, No, Luke Barnett refused to fight him. He said, I'm not going to fight this guy. It's ridiculous. And so they gave them both fill-ins. I believe they gave Barnett a fill-in. I'm not 100% certain, but I know they gave Miller a, a, a... relative unknown with an 8-2 and two record who finishes him by TKO in the second round. Really? You know, I I can't figure out what Jason Mayhem Miller wants to do. You know, it seems like he wants to fight, but then he doesn't take it seriously, and then when he does fight, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. I think, you know, at one point in time, maybe he was pretty good at what he did. But uh, you know, nowadays I don't know I don't know what that guy's doing or why he's even doing it. So it's uh, you know one time he was he was pretty hot. He had some sponsors. He was going, and then uh, he kind of just let it all go to the wayside. Yeah, he was you know a, a, a fairly popular fighter, an entertaining guy, not a uh, you know not a not a superstar great fighter I don't think, but a a good fighter. Uh, got you know, got a win over some notable names, and uh, you know, then all of a sudden, I don't know. I don't know if this guy has a mental, has mental issues or what it is, but he's had some run-ins with the law, and not just you know normal run-ins with the law, like you know where you might be drink, drinking. And I mean, I, I hate to say that any run-in with the law is normal, right? But I mean. You know, the typical stuff, right? Drinking and driving or getting into a fight at a bar or maybe you had some marijuana in your car or, you know. No, no, this guy's running naked in churches. He's wearing gas masks and, uh, you know, convenience stores and the SWAT teams on the other side of the door. I mean, this is falling apart. What's going on here? You know, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he, you know, he's fighting in his, you know, 
what is it, Venator? I don't even I don't even know where he was. I don't. Yeah, I mean. Venator. Yeah. God, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's just a. You know, if they were gonna if they were gonna pull somebody out of the, you know, out of the uh, out of the archive to to marquee their show, it probably shouldn't have been that guy. There, there's probably a number of guys that could have picked, and it would have come out better. You know, so I. You know that's a bad job, them. I guess for you know picking Mayhem. Oh no! Check this out. No, Mayhem wasn't the only named guy that showed up to fight that night. There was another guy by the name of Husamir Paul Harris who showed up to fight. And guess what? Oh. That guy got knocked out in forty-five seconds. He got knocked out in forty-five seconds. Yeah. Sure did. Really? Yep. So he, so Husamir Paul Harris. The guy who never lets go when he's uh, when somebody else taps finally got his just due and got knocked out in 45 seconds. Well, good for him. That's all I got to say. Maybe that will humble him a little bit. Yeah, kind of a, I don't know, a bad guy, I guess. I mean, what else can you say, right? You know, when you're trying to, when it's obvious, <laughs> that you're clearly not letting go of a extremely dangerous submission hold. And not, not that not that not that any of them are safe, right? But I mean, ripping somebody's knee out of joint, ripping their PCL and their ACL and all that is potentially career ending. A guy could or their shoulder or yeah. I mean, but ripping somebody's leg off or shoulder out, come on, man. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, okay, if they don't tap and and, and and it pops. That's one thing. But if they're tapping, and you're still trying to rip it off. That's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if they're quitting and you know you're still cranking on it, that's one thing. But you know, if they say, hey, you know, they're just not going to tap and they're going out on their shield, then I guess you have every right to break it. I mean, that's you know, that's that's the other guy. There's nothing you can do about that, right? Unless yeah. you're just malicious, and in his case, you know, he wouldn't let go when he had somebody in a precarious position. So, you know, that's uh, it's just it's you know it, it's a sport at the end of the day. I mean, if I guess if you're in the street, yeah, then you want to tear somebody's arm off and hit him with it, then it makes sense. But not it wasn't the case either of those times. Let's take a look at the case of one B.J. Penn, who was uh, scheduled to make his return at UFC 199. Big return for B.J. Penn. Supposed to fight Dennis Seaver. Dennis Seaver pulled out with an injury. They dusted, they uh, wiped the dust off of Cole Miller, got him to step in. But I guess this wasn't meant to be for the prodigy because he has been removed from the card due to a USDA violation. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I was reading about that, and it looks like, I don't know, he used an IV for something. I don't know what he used it for, but he used an ID for something. They It doesn't say exactly what for, though. Okay, yeah, and it says here that he disclosed the usage of it. Do what? Out of... So he told him up front that he used it. I had not yet read the story. I wasn't sure. I knew it was an IV. 
Yeah, he told him he did. He wasn't hiding. Uh, well, I hate to see I hate to see his comeback get hit a few bumps. I mean, I was excited to see him get back in the cage. I mean, I'm not too excited to get him, see him get beat up like he has the last couple of fights. But nevertheless, yeah, you know, it's BJ Penn. Uh, I'd like to see yeah. him maybe one more time be the old BJ Penn. Yeah, who do, who doesn't want to see BJ Penn fight, right? I mean, I I love to watch the guy fight. It's like you said, man. I don't want to see him get beat up, but you know, at least he was forthright with it. He said, "Hey, I used an IV." Again, it doesn't say what he used it for, so I'm not sure exactly what he did. But uh, you know, you uh, <laughs> I I don't think it was any. You know what? I'll just go. Uh, I'll, I don't think it was anything performance enhancing, but you know, I. I mean, in his uh, in his past, he's never he's never been that guy. So, do you think that with this setback, do you think he'll try to fight again? Because the suspension is going to come. Some some sort of a suspension is going to he's going to get hit with something, six months, whatever. Do you think this totally derails the comeback? Nah, I mean. He's probably in shape. You go six months, that's still this year. He could still fight, right? Maybe they could appeal it. Anything could happen. But uh, it it all depends. It all depends, you know, I use an IV, but what did he do? You know, like what was in the IV? What was he using it for? That sort of thing. So I, that's that's the only thing. I don't I, – I think that's what it really comes down to. You know what? Uh, you know what were you using it for? I'm sure that the commission will have to take a look at it and figure out what they want to do, how they want to proceed forward yeah. with that. <clears throat> maybe you know, maybe, maybe maybe they'll they'll work it out and they'll figure out that uh, you know uh, a long term suspension isn't the answer, and he can uh, get a fight rescheduled, and we'll see him. Hey, you know, you never know. Maybe it works out for the UFC. They stick him on the they stick him on the the world famous Madison Square Garden debut. Yeah, definitely. That would be awesome, right? If he uh if he gets to fight in the garden, that'd be cool. That'd be a great I mean, that'd be a cool comeback fight. I don't know who he would fight. Right? Because obviously uh you know, Cole Miller's not gonna be available, but you know, maybe maybe it gives BJ an opportunity to uh you know, fight fight at a more natural weight. Yeah, I, I think I, you know. I, I just don't wanted to, I just don't want him to get in the cage and be a moving punching bag again because that's pretty much what he was the last couple of fights out. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say he was like that in the last Edgar fight, but I will say that he didn't look like he wanted to fight. In that fight, he just didn't look like he wanted to fight anymore. And uh, in you know, in his fight, I think he fought you know Nick Diaz before that. You know that was brutal. That was a war. He fought nobody. You can't take it away from BJ Penn. He didn't fight. But the problem is, is when he fights at seventy, it's uh, you know th- there is the size difference, and it it does hurt him. It does hurt him going further into the fight. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. You know, he didn't quit. He didn't give up. Uh, But, uh, you know, when I look back at the Nick Diaz fight and even the Rory McDonald fight that came after that, 
you know, the, the guy just looked, he just looked bad. He, he looked like, he, he, he looked like he couldn't do anything with either one of those guys. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and even, the, and then in the Frankie Edgar fight, he comes out and he's got this straight up on his tiptoes, space age, ridiculous stance that gave him no chance to win that fight against Frankie Edgar, which arguably, even if he would have been normal or not odd or whatever it is he was doing, he probably still wouldn't have won anyway. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's you know, it's <laughs> funny to see all these guys that, you know, you kind of almost in a sense grow up with the sport watching and now all of these guys are slowly declining and retiring. And um, some of them, you know, now we're seeing, you know, what we see in other sports where athletes maybe hold on just a little bit too long, you know, because they, they still have that competitive drive. They still want to get in the cage and, and yeah. compete. And somebody out there is still willing to pay them to do it. But, you know, just because you can get paid to do it doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Yeah, you know, I would think, I think a guy like BJ, you know, after you go, if you still got the competitive spirit, you know, maybe you get on the mat, maybe you compete, maybe you compete in jiu-jitsu competitions, right, where you don't really have to worry about somebody trying to <laughs> – Knock your head off. But then, you know, maybe B.J. Penn just loves to fight so much that maybe he feels like he retired too early. Maybe he feels like he retired in a, in a point in his life where he burned out rather than saying, man, I just can't do this anymore. Maybe he, should, maybe he thinks he should have looked at it twice. I like the idea of B.J. Penn doing some jiu-jitsu competitions. I think that's a great idea. I mean, why yeah. not? You know, he's regarded as a pretty high-level jiu-jitsu guy, at least by MMA standards. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, growing companies out there where you can make a little bit of money doing that now. I mean, yeah, not definitely. that didn't ever needed money, apparently, but, um, you know, it, it scratches the itch for competition and, you know, you don't have to take elbows and the nose. <laughs> necessarily yeah not, not not on purpose anyway right yeah but who knows who knows well, I think we'll get to see BJ fight I think we'll get to see him fight soon I mean he's not that old <clears throat> considering so I think he's got one or two left in him I don't I mean I don't see a title run out of the guy but I mean he's probably got one or two left in him So let's jump. Uh, let's jump in. Let's jump back into McGregor land here, because as everybody knows or has read, Uncle Dana went out and had to sit down with McGregor and patch things up between those two, and then promptly hopped on a flight over to the 209 and sat down at a dingy, stinky diner with Nate Diaz. And was not able to work anything out. No, I can only nice. envision Nate Diaz 
giving the boss the double bird as he walks out the door. Right. Clearly they want to do the rematch. That's what McGregor wants. And the bottom line is I I think Nate Diaz would fight Conor McGregor every day of the week, twice on Sunday. But the guy wants to get paid. And I don't blame him for stiff-arming and being a tough negotiator until he gets what he feels like he should get. Why not? I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know what he's lobbying to get, but I mean, it's a, it's a fight everybody's going to want to watch, no matter how it finishes. It's uh, it's a stupid fight for Conor McGregor. I don't. I I just I don't see it going any way but the same way, unless he just you know, unless he just picks his shots you know and runs for five rounds, right. And uh, yeah. Conor McGregor said it himself. It's one of his most favorite, famous quotes. You know, it's hard to beat a guy <clears throat> who never quits. And Nate, Nate Diaz is one of those guys, man. He just he doesn't quit. He just keeps coming. So it, I don't, it's not a good fight for him anyway. So you know, maybe uh, you know, maybe Conor defends forty five after two hundred. Maybe he fights the winner. Maybe that's the way he should go. I mean, you know, we've been saying that for months, right? And it seems like that's the logical thing, okay? 45, right? You're the champ, and you're doing it. And it seems to me now at this point that McGregor is doing everything that he can to not fight at 45. And if the end of your game is that you're not going to fight at 45 again because you just don't want to make – the way that's fine. That's your choice. That's your decision. But uh, so vacate the it, belt. Man. Vacate yeah. the belt. Give the belt up. But Move on he, completely. I, th- I think it's a. I think he. I think he fights with demons there, though, right? Because I know if I'm him, and I went up and I went up in weight to take a fight, and I'm not in any hurry to defend 45, because I'm trying to make a run and getting two belts. You know. If I vacate it, then everybody says, well, I ran from Frankie Edgar, right? And then maybe one day we will see that fight, but it'll be it'll be kind of who cares when we finally do, you know? Now, Frankie Edgar, granted, still has to get through Jose Aldo, and he's going to get through Jose Aldo. He's going to beat him this time because uh, Jose Aldo's mystique is gone, and uh, you can thank Conor McGregor for that, but... Uh, I, I think Conor McGregor likes eating. He enjoys he enjoys not having to cut a bunch of weight, and uh, I don't know. It, it's they, they need a, he needs to make another fight. He needs to make another fight soon. And if it's at 155 pounds, make it at 155, or just take the winner of Edgar Aldo and let's uh, let's let's do a big one in uh, Madison Square Garden. I mean, if, if if Diaz isn't there for him, which I guess is the fight that he wants, that we both think is a stupid decision on his part. Yeah. Um, if that's not an option for him, uh, there's not another fight at 155 that makes sense. The only thing that makes sense is a 45 title fight. That's the only yeah. thing that makes sense. Or Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, that's you know 
Yeah, I'm not worried. No matter how many people try to write an article and convince us that it's not, that it is possible, it's not. Yeah. I think it's somebody stirring up the pot and Floyd Mayweather needs to feel relevant again. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, Conor McGregor, man, the only, the only fighter in the world who can lose and still capture spotlight. I mean, let's, you know, let's face it. He's just one of those, he's just one of those personalities. And, uh, you know, it's that, that fight's never going to happen. That fight could possibly happen, you know, five, six years from now in Japan with Jose Canseco as the ref, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see it going any other way. Well, the big question there would be, would Jose bring the bat to the cage as the ref, like he did for the fight? You know what? He should, he should have brought that bat inside when he fought Hong Man Choi. That was the only <laughs> way he was going to win that one. <laughs> oh, terrible, terrible. It's horrible, isn't it? God, it's, it's it's horrible that I know so much about that fight that I watched it. That that's what's horrible. I mean, I don't know what was worse, Dada and Kimbo, or Hong Man Choi and Jose Canseco. I I don't know who had the worst fight. Oh no, I will let me settle that for you right now. It was Dada and Kimbo. That fight was no, fifteen I don't, I don't minutes. Know. That was that was fifteen minutes of just gouge my eyes out. Terrible. Awfulness. At least the Conseco fight ended in what uh, two a minute, a minute and a half. Yeah, it was. I don't even know. I don't even know. If, I can't. Maybe even sooner. I don't even know if it lasted that long. But I will say, I will say, at least Jose didn't have to, you know, cycle off, right? I mean, he could keep taking steroids in uh, in Japan because I don't even think they test. So I think he's good there. So did you watch the WWE Extreme Rules last night? I didn't. I didn't watch didn't. it. My daughter didn't want to watch it. She was wanting to catch up, and she didn't watch it, so I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I'm sure I'm going to end up watching it sometime this week, but, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't get to catch that one. Well, I won't spoil any of the outcomes for you if you're behind, but there's one thing that i got to bring up that was absolutely sick. Um so Dean Ambrose and, and uh, Chris Jericho had a cage match where they had weapons, and you climb to the top of the cage, you get a weapon, you use it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Whatever. So anyway, one of the things that's sitting up there on top of the cage is a bucket, and a bucket's got to be the worst weapon that you could possibly think of, right? Well, right. Dean Ambrose goes up, grabs the bucket, and what's inside the bucket? Thumbtacks. Thumbtacks are inside the bucket. Okay. So he spreads the thumbtacks out in one corner of the ring, and they do a couple of more moves. Jericho goes for his finish, which is the code breaker, where he jumps up, puts his knees in the guy's face, and then falls backwards on his back, right? So he jumps up, he does it. Ambrose catches him, holds him in the air, walks over to the thumbtacks, and drops, drops Jericho, backless, shirtless, <laughs> no shirt, smooth on, on the thumbtacks. Oh, man. Absolutely. And I know what you're thinking. Well, you're not thinking this probably, but the listeners are thinking this. They're fake thumbtacks. No, they're not fake thumbtacks. Because the moment that Jericho <laughs> got up, 
his back and arms were covered in blood. Absolutely nasty. Oh. And at 45 years oh old, major props to Chris Jericho, a guy who does not have to do things like that, but did it anyway. Got dropped Amazing. on thumbtacks. Wow. 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 Now I have to watch it. Just If anything, just to see the thumbtack scene, I have to watch it. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Totally throwback hardcore Cactus Jack McFoley ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's the first thing I thought of when you told me that. I thought you were going to tell me somebody flew off the top of the cage. That would have been cool, too. But, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm good with that. I'm good with thumbtacks. Thumbtacks are awesome. Who doesn't like thumbtacks? Thumbtacks are awesome. <laughs> Spice up any match. Absolutely. Well, that's just about going to bring us to an, up, to an end of another edition of the Majority Decision. I'll say thanks to everybody for listening. Apologize to everyone for missing the shows on the weekend. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Majority MMA. Like us on Facebook, The Majority Decision. And be right here on Blog Talk Radio every Friday and Sunday night at 10 p.m. For our live Don't show anybody on any thumbtacks. And stay away from thumbtacks and IV. That's right, kids. <laughs> <laughs>